A popular outcast production. This is the Portable Power Podcast, Episode 5. Today is July 17th, 2013, and uh, we're recording our podcast right now. Despite technical difficulties. Yeah, it's been a rough day. It's been like a, a rough two days. So yeah, how are, how are you doing, Kevin? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Good to hear. Um, what have you been playing that's not portable? Well, uh, I found a copy of Monster Party for the NES at uh, Elite Games, which is my <laughs> local game store, and uh, I picked that up. What do we call that, Emrys? Hipster bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's it's fun hipster bullshit that's also hard as balls. Well, yeah. Hipster bullshit is always fun. Have you ever seen the... Uh, uh, there's an unedited... Uh, I won't call it unedited, but there's a Japanese version, I guess, that's like copyright infringement after copyright infringement no what what is this about it's it's either the uh like the beta version or the Jap- japan only version that um i mean all the monsters are like total ripoffs from little shop of horrors and i think friday the 13th and i think like batman's in there and, or something i don't know you know what i do remember hearing about that a while ago um i'd forgotten but yeah, yeah. well i like some of the monsters that are already in it like they're the very first boss that you fight Reminded me very much of of the I forget the plant's name from Little Shop of Horrors. Audrey. But like even the even the dialogue is something like oh baby you know mm-hmm. and I was like that's <laughs> very reminiscent of Little Shop of Horrors right there. Yeah. So what are you drinking? Well, um, tonight I'm drinking a Delirium Tremens. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a Belgian strong pale ale, and uh, Delirium is noteworthy because they're the uh, I believe they're the world's oldest family-owned brewery. They've uh, been family owned since uh, 1654. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's it's some some pretty good stuff, and it's also gonna have me pretty messed up by the time we're we're done here tonight. But yeah, so uh, how are you doing, Mark? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Got a little bit of a scratchy voice. So I'll try not to ruin the podcast with it. Feeling under the weather, or is it allergies? It's um, a band that I was in a long time ago is playing a show next month, just for fun, and I haven't really sang or screamed, in this case, uh, seriously, in almost a decade, so I'm kind of wearing my voice out. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's 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 a good thing to... It's better than being sick, anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling all right. Yeah, I, I, I plan to be at that show. I'm looking forward to it's it. on your birthday. I know, I know. Like, that's 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 my birthday present right there, <laughs> is, is a Tracer reunion show. There you go. But yeah, so um, what, what are you playing that's not portable? Um, I just finished The Last of Us on New Game Plus, and I think I'm done with that game for a while. Um, last night, I blazed through Walking Dead 400 Days, um, which technically is portable because it's available on uh, mobile platforms, but I played it on PlayStation 3. And I'm also playing Final Fantasy 1. 
Final Fantasy 1. Yes. Wow. Like, the original, like, the NES format or one of the ports? No, the last time I saw the NES cartridge, it was, like, 80 bucks at a thrift store because it was still in the box. Mm. And so I, I haven't really seen it around much, but I downloaded, um, Square had a sale on the PlayStation Network store. And so every Final Fantasy game was, like, half off. So I now own every Final Fantasy game except 4 and 5. Wow. So so wait like but is this is this a like a download of one of the ports or is it like the NES it's, original? No, it's it's a it's a port. It looks and sounds like a Super Nintendo game. Okay, uh. yeah. Th- those it's not actually the exact same game. Like they they changed up. Like it used to be that you had um, spell points, but now they give you like they updated it to be more like a modern Final Fantasy game and gave you magic points. Oh like, well, I mean did, they may. Are you talking semantics here or what? No, no. Like, well, you played Final Fantasy three for the DS, right? Yes. You know how they handled spells where, like, you got twenty eight castings for cure. That's how it is in this. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the in the port of Final Fantasy one that I have, it mm-hmm. works in magic points. They might be called that, but um, I I have say I have like fifteen cures, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can do. So. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Well, then then that's that's the same format. Yeah. Cool. Well, what are you what are you drinking, Mark? I, I'm I'm opening right now. I'm opening a Racer Five uh, by Bear Republic. It's an IPA, and it's uh, pretty good. Here's my first sip. Tasty. <sighs> All right. <laughs> what's, what's up, Emrys? I'm 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 in good shape. I uh, I'm the one with the technical difficulties, so I'm relieved to get that over with. Yeah. So as we all are. Yeah. My my PC was cobbled together from parts of increasingly older and older machines, so like my audio hardware is um, from like my freshman year of college, which was good 10, 12 years ago now. Ten years ago, yeah. Twelve, yeah, twelve, somewhere in there. Which is considered fossil in that realm. Oh yeah, I mean it's a sound card actually, so like they don't really go bad, but. You know, I don't have all the the, the who's it's and the thingamabobs and I don't know. <laughs> and so it has uh, hindered your ability to play anything but portable games. Yes or no? Uh, no, no. I've been playing this great indie game. So the Steam Summer Sale has been going on. Oh, everyone's talking about it. Oh my God, it's like a yearly torture for poor people. But um. <laughs> So I've been playing this great game called Staying, uh, Don't Starve. It's this awesome indie sandbox game. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, you just like build a farm and then terrible things happen to you that you can't do anything about and you die. <laughs> you just have to like, you just restart and you have to try to do better next time and. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard and it's fun though. There's like it has good art. It has really good art. Hmm. I got it for $9, so that pleases me. Yeah. And of course, League of Legends. I was just telling Kevin about how I got trashed and ranked today, which I knew was a mistake, because it's just always a mistake to play ranked, but I got, got walloped. <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> now, was this Summoner's Rift you were playing? Like, do they have ranked for any of the other g- forms of the game yet? No, just, just ranked Summoner's Rift. I was like 20 points up. And then I dropped, I actually dropped to zero. It would have been like negative 30 or 40, but I went down to zero, so. 
Mm. Hopefully I don't get demoted to a lower division. That would really frustrate me. Yeah, I just I, I don't even bother playing ranked in that game. I, I, I played three games of it and yeah. lost all of them horribly because my team didn't understand team comp. So. I mean, I'm, I don't care about team comp. I'm happy if like people can tie their shoelaces. <laughs> I don't even expect them to work together. I just I'm just like as long as you don't like go zero five in ten minutes, then we're we're okay. We're in good shape. Yeah, but you have to admit that your chances of winning are severely diminished when everyone on your team is AP. <laughs> it's not really. It's really not that bad. It really isn't because nobody buys defenses when you're in low ranked. Like nobody it's damage. Just buy damage. No matter how much they're dying, mm -hmm. like the rule of thumb is if you're winning, you buy damage. If you're dying a lot, then you buy defenses. Stay alive longer. Mm -hmm. And then in, in ranked, when you're in like bronze league, everyone's like, oh, I'll just buy damage. I just died four times in a row, so I better buy damage. So that when I go back, it's, it's easy for me to die faster. I don't know. <sighs> I, I think I can hear Mark's mind wandering. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All I can think about is what you must be drinking to deal with these problems you're having. <laughs> I'm drinking Soul. I've got uh, Soul, some uh, Mexican beer, which is quite nice. Drinking it out of a quart bottle, though, so. Hmm. So you're, not... you're not you're not a ginger. You're not stealing other people's souls. You're drinking a beer called Soul. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. S-O-L. Yes. I went to a Mexican restaurant one time and I was like, give me a Corona, because I just always, it's the only time I drink Corona is when I drink, have Mexican food. Yeah. He was like, well, we're out of Corona, do you want a Soul? And I was like, sure, hook me up. And I like it a lot better than Corona. It's good, and it's it's imported, it's not a... It's not domestic. Yeah, it's not by, like, Einhauser Bush or whoever does Corona. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Corona's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. I think people put the lime in there just to cover up the flavor. To give it flavor. Yeah. So you guys you guys still playing Animal Crossing? Yeah, oh, I, I am. With much less frequency than I had been. Like, I've been doing it every other day, basically. Mm. But uh, And what I'm discovering is that Animal Crossing does not like being relegated to every other day. It does not. No. It uh it demand it it would like to demand a steady one to two hours out of my day every day, and when I refuse at that, it kills my flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you get your neighbors to water them for you? I've been trying to do that, but like, how do you do that? Like, I I, I instituted the 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 green town ordinance, mm -hmm. and they pull the weeds, but they like they don't touch my flowers. Yeah, they plant flowers more frequently, but they don't water them. Well, that's irresponsible. <laughs> that's like that's like having many children but not paying welfare or something. Not not Pretty welfare, much. but child support. Yeah, you know, you gotta get gotta get your villagers to pay child support, I guess. Or Although... take care of their freaking flowers. <laughs> yeah, I know. If they're gonna complain about the place not looking nice, then they should be they should be the ones who who fix it up. How are your Animal Crossing adventures going? They're going really well. Um, my environment has been perfect for a while, and so today I was—I have like huge fields of flowers because I have way too much time on my hands, so I don't have Kevin's problem of not watering my plants. And 
<laughs> so I, I was getting really irritated watering each, all these flowers one by one, so I'm really looking forward to getting the gold watering can, which might be in like a few days, maybe a week. Last time we talked, the club was coming. The club is there. Does it live up to the hype? It does. It, I, You know, K.K. Slider, as a DJ, is... He's still charming. Like, I, 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 I'm not very familiar with him in his original iteration at all. Although he did have an acoustic set on one Saturday night that I checked out. Oh. And I'm glad yeah. that's in there. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. He gave me one of his songs on, I don't know, vinyl or whatever he, he gives it out on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does, he does the acoustic thing every Saturday. That's good, because that's how it was in the old games, is every right. Saturday, yeah. I think at 8 p.m. and on, or something like mm-hmm. that, you could stop stop by and listen to him play, and, and then he'd give you yeah. a thing you could play in your house. And if it's one thing we know, things were better the way they were before than the way they are now. <laughs> that's like one of the themes of this, this podcast of ours. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Emrys, you downloaded the new Street Pass games? Yeah, I did. I did for um, the 3DS. They yeah. are um, they're pretty cool. I got the package. I got the package deal, even though I was only really like initially I was only really interested in like one or two. Yeah. But I got the package where you get four of them for the price of three, and I'm glad I did because the games that I thought I would like I don't actually like that much, and then the oh. other ones are actually really cool. Yeah, I I kind of have a similar experience. Which ones do you like the most? The ones I like the most are the Warrior's Way and the Ghost Mansion. Those are my favorites. Yeah. The the gardening game is cool because I like gardening, but it's so slow. It's very slow, but it's it's it seems deep. Like I stuff keeps happening and it's like, "Oh, now you can do this." I'm like, "Oh, cool." I like the gardening ones so much better than I thought. Really? I yeah. Well, my expectations were low. That is surprising because you you were saying just last episode yeah. that you like had no interest in that game. Yeah, well, it was made by the people who made the um, they made the Ocarina of Time 3D for 3DS port, and they did the Zelda Four Swords Anniversary Edition port for the 3DS. Oh. And so, like, I don't know. They they put some TLC into this game, and um, I I kind of like uh, taking care of flowers. So. I went to a festival in Chicago, and I got five visitors. I was like, oh, hell yeah, i got to get these Street Pass games, five visitors. Yeah. And so I, I invited them all into my garden, and like the only thing that I accomplished was one of my plants blossomed. And I couldn't do anything else. Like My plant bloomed, and that was it. Huh. And I was like, well, if that's all you get with five Street Pass people, like, holy crap, that's going to take forever. Yeah, I I got my plant to bloom. It was cross pollinated with another plant, and it it bore a seed. So now I have a seed I can plant to make another plant. Yeah, I I eventually got another person, and I've gotten as far as a seed. Right? Um, and I agree about Warrior's Way. Warrior's Way is really fun. Yeah, that game was made by the people who made Sharon the Wanderer, which is an abusive series. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool to see your your street pass connections being translated into like an army of two hundred people. I think that's yeah. fun. I got one guy who had like over a thousand in his army yeah. somehow. I don't know how that happened, but it was very satisfying. Yeah. And then they fight. It's it's, it's cool. Yeah. The monster manner. I like the almost like Tetris like approach to it. 
Yeah. You know, where you have to like lay down the tiles of where you're gonna go into the house to make rooms and yeah. And so I'm just trying to fill up every square inch because I want the treasure chests and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm 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 just rushing to the up the floors. I found the door to the second floor. So. Oh wow, you're farther than I am. Uh, Me force. I really like a lot because it feels like a game. Like it. Uh, I. I mean, the, that's the, the one levels I didn't take like. like five minutes. Really. Yeah. I mean, there's it's it's almost like a it's it's like a gradius or one of those like you know whatever they call them bullet hell kind of games, but. Yeah. I don't know. I really like it. It's a shooter. The people who made people who made Kirby's Epic Yarn made that one. Oh wow, that's a completely different kind of game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very lighthearted, and the enemies are interesting because I'm pretty sure the enemies are all like Nintendo enemies. Like, there's definitely ships that look like the subcons from Mario Two. Huh. Okay. Well, that one I got five people. Mm. So I got five people, and they, all five of them were in the first level. So I could only finish one level, even though I got five street pass. Connections and that was like, it was like, geez. Yeah. Well, isn't it more about the, the power-ups they give you? Well, yeah, but you get five weapons and then the rest of the level is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather have, be able to do five levels. Maybe that's maybe that's my thing. I just like I just want more. Yeah. Want a, more fights. But uh, I like how there's a new like achievement style system. So basically, you yeah. accomplish something. You get a ticket, and then you can just use that ticket to straight away buy a hat, which is which I like. Yeah. Oh, rather than whatever nonsense system they have right now for getting hats. Well, it's, yeah. they, they still have that system in place, but now this ticket system or whatever it's called is is nice because, um, I mean, much like on pretty much every console now, how there's achievements. Well, now the achievements are giving you something in addition to saying, okay, I unlocked this achievement, great, whatever, bragging rights or something, but it, it it's also giving you, like, an item that you can... Like, I just got the Isabel hat from Animal Crossing, so it's... My oh, me character cool. can, can wear the secretary from your mayoral office on his head. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I kind of want is, like, maybe some kind of, like, villager mask for my me, so they can be like, he's wearing... He's creepily wearing the skin <laughs> of the villager yeah. on his face. <laughs> Like, that's what I'm waiting for, because, like, how, how many more people can Nintendo make hats and masks and stuff out of? I don't know. I have a lot of question marks on my hat list. I think yeah. I know, me too. There's a lot more hats, I think. And wow. I feel like I have everyone that I really want. Like, I can't mm. think of any characters that are at least owned by Nintendo that I would like a hat of. I don't know. I have an 8-bit Mario hat. I also... I think they give you that for just for downloading the update, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't even download the new Street Pass games, and I got that. Okay. You just got the new Plaza. Yeah. Which is nice. I think it's it's better than the old. Es- aesthetically. It's visually more attractive. The GUI's a lot, you know, better and more interesting. Like, the animations are better. Well, uh, Kevin, let's hear about your iOS review. Set fire to your hair. Poke a stick at a grizzly bear. It's out of date. Use your private parts as piranha bait. Dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to die. Dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to 
getting things started, um, the game that I am covering for this episode is Dumb Ways to Die. Uh, it's an iOS game that was originally a public service announcement campaign by Metro Trains in Melbourne, Australia, uh, to promote rail safety, strangely enough. Um, the game was a spin-off of this campaign. So, the goal of the game is for the player to guide adorable idiots out of dangerous and ridiculous situations by completing mini-games strung together one after another with steadily increasing speed and challenge factors, kind of like WarioWare for anyone who's played that. Right. Um, basically, it's mini-games that have various different objectives um, that you use the touchscreen to accomplish. For example, so, you know, one of your adorable idiots um, has been disturbing a bee's nest. <laughs> so, you know, for no reason whatsoever. Um, so now you have to swat wasps away from their face so that they don't get stung and die. Um, because apparently they're also allergic to the wasps and can't withstand more than one sting. <laughs> you're, you're, it sounds like you're, you're putting in a lot more story than the game actually gives you. <laughs> this is this is kind of what I do okay. with with games that don't provide a story. Actually, I'll get more into that later when I get into our portable past. Okay. But um, an- another example is you know so in order to like defend them from these bees, you have to tap the wasps quickly on the screen to spot them. Um, another game that you have to do is you know you have to help somebody get their toast out of the toaster with a fork without touching the sides of the toaster so they don't electrocute themselves. Or you know my my personal favorite is the the happy knucklehead who's standing in a, in a piranha-infested river, jiggling their hips around. <laughs> and you have to, with a blissful look on their face, and you have to <laughs> flick the piranhas away, the ravenous piranhas away, from the private parts which they so hunger for. <laughs> They're all hilarious, I think, but my yeah. favorite has to be, you have to put mustard on a hot dog, or else a cobra <laughs> will bite you in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. The the um, it, it's it's your it's your pet. Actually, I think it's a rattlesnake. Okay. When you when you fail at that, when it just latches onto your eye, I I do laugh a little bit every time that happens. Um. So yeah, you know everything about the game has a pretty humorously macabre tone. The death animations are cute yet gruesome, but you know, like you you never really feel too bad when you when you mess up on one because you know you still get a funny animation. Right. Right. And. You basically just play the game until you mess up on three of the mini-games. As the game progresses, uh, the challenges become harder, so whereas at the start of the game, if the, mini- if the wasp mini-game appears at the start of the game, it'll only have two wasps. But if you play it later into the game, it may have four or more wasps, and you have less time to kill them in. Yeah. So it steadily increases in difficulty. Um, it goes from, you know, kind of, you know, you can do it fairly leisurely to you might not actually be physically possible for you to do this. Yeah. Much like WarioWare. Much like yeah. WarioWare, yeah. It's it's actually it's very similar to WarioWare, but in some ways I like it better. Oh. Oh, wow. Whoa. Okay. I, yeah, well, let me explain what I like better about um, Dumb Ways to Die than I like about WarioWare. First of all, I like the presentation better. I think the animation is... Like, the animation and the theme is just, you know, I, I enjoy it more. It's more humorous. WarioWare seems to be just random nonsense strung together. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Dumb Ways to Die has a theme, and I like that. 
I mean, where WarioWare has me is the Nintendo nostalgia levels, where, you know, you it references Nintendo's history yeah. by doing, you know, by having visual references to older video games like Super Mario Brothers and other things like that. So it's kind of a trade-off on that, but there are certain aspects of Dumb Ways to Die that I think are better. However, uh, it's also, I mean, it's a free game, and there aren't, there isn't nearly the variety that WarioWare has. Like, WarioWare just has a lot more right. mini-games. My problem with Dumb Ways to Die is there's too few games. There's maybe ten, mm-hmm. ten different mini-games, mm. and then you're done. You've seen it all. I mean, there's different levels of difficulty. There's more wasps. There's less time. There, maybe there's more piranhas, and they're quicker to get to your groin or whatever, but... <laughs> Maybe there's more balloons that you have to grab the strings before you run out in front of the train, but other than that, it's it, there's just those ten little games, and which I can't blame them for. Like like you said, it, it was started out as a PSA. This is a free game that's mm-hmm. to promote safety uh, with uh, public transit, but um, it was just too right. short. I've already deleted it off my phone because it was just it was short and it was sweet, and I was done with it within a couple days. Yeah. Right. Well, and but but here's the thing: when when you consider this is a free app and WarioWare is a fifty dollar game, it's kind of a trade off. Like you know, it's you're you're basically you know you're not getting that much added value when you consider that you're paying fifty bucks. Yeah, but there's hundreds of games. I don't know. It depends yeah, which well, which version of WarioWare you're talking about. I mean, the Wii one, right. I guess, is the one you're referring to, maybe. Uh, I've I've played I've only played the Game Boy Advance game and the Wii game. Okay. Of WarioWare and the the Wii game by far the most out of any of those. Um, yeah, super hard to find. So it's probably not even fifty bucks anymore. I think it's like sixty to eighty. If you're lucky. Yeah. Well, oh, I wow. I had to pay forty for it pre-played. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's not an easy game to find. But and anyway, well, I I guess I kind of want to get into basically like a positive versus negative kind of thing for Dumb Ways to Die. Okay. Um, you know what what I like about the game. First of all, you know it's it's free. That's always that's always good. Sure. It has you know the, the the graphics I like very much. You know it it's very simple. You know and, and the game is so simple that it's actually compatible with iPhone 3GS and up. So it goes back yeah. pretty far. Um, and I think it's compatible with like the iPod Touch versions three and up. So it's you mm. know it runs on just about anything. It's optimized for iPhone five, but. Um, the, the graphics, you know, the art style is very simple, stylized. The colors are bright and cheerful. Um, and that's kind of, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for any game that has, like, a unique art style that kind of sticks with that and just does what it does well and okay. doesn't, you know, just that kind of scenario. Yeah, I mean, I have, um, to, I have to agree with you on the, the animation alone is really, really polished. Um, yeah. Even though all the people, all the people look like jelly beans, but... Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's something that I think I like better than I like WarioWare, is the mm. visual style, the, okay. the character designs, and, because WarioWare is just, like, gross people, yeah. and this is silly little jellybean people getting mauled horribly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you feel bad for letting your moronic young charges die, but the animation is always funny, so, like, you can't feel too bad about it. Sure. Right. Um, the sound is pretty, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the, the best reason that I can think of to download this game is you eventually unlock the music video that's, I guess, actually the public service announcement. Yeah. And it's really funny and really clever. Like, it's just, you know, it shows all these dumb things that you can do to die, and 
you know, the it, it's done in this like cheerful little happy song that yeah like my like my sister was actually singing this to her to her six month old um, <laughs> well, until until she realized that the that the subject matter was really morbid and then changed from dumb ways to die to dumb reasons to cry. <laughs> <laughs> There's um. Our our listeners will have heard it at the beginning of this segment, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So they'll they'll get a, they'll get a taste of it, but um, either download the game or go on YouTube to get the full song because it's it is it's very clever and it, it's actually it's very catchy. It'll be in your head. That's pretty yeah. great for a free game. That sounds like a lot of uh, quality. There's a lot of unlockables. Like your title screen accumulates um, people. Yeah, like the people who die. Maimed people, so they're all cut in half or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so wow. like as you, it gives you incentive to score more points because it's like, oh, score this many points to unlock this, and you know, then you, like you do that, and they're like, oh, well, and, and here's your next goal. This is what you need to reach, and this is what you'll unlock for it. You know, sure. So it's it's decent replay value. Um, the you know the challenge to best your high score is you know an ancient one for gaming, but it holds up. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting, the other interesting thing about Dumb Ways to Die, and this isn't unique to this game because a lot of games are doing this now, but it, it also has social media integration that lets you. Um, it, it, well, it, it doesn't make you do this, but it gives you the option to tweet your high score and how you died. So you know, <laughs> if you feel like pissing off your Facebook friends, you know, you can have your Twitter hooked into your Facebook, and then like it'll show up in your Facebook feed, and yeah. you know, everyone can hate you. Everyone can unfollow you on Facebook. Exactly. But, you know, for people who like to be tools, it's a good option. <laughs> um, now, some of the downfalls of the game, in addition to the, you know, not really only like ten different mini-games, is that the games don't always shuffle that much. Like, there are really only a handful of games to begin with, but a lot of times I would play a game and I would only see like five different games and they would just keep going through the same ones with just scaled difficulty. Yeah, there were definitely there was um, there are one or two games that I only played two or three times, despite having played the game for a couple hours. Yeah, another thing is you know the game gets to the point where it's moving so fast I'm not sure how you're supposed to be capable of completing it. <laughs> like it just I it just doesn't give you enough time to do it. And the other thing is the play control, which is mostly good, but a couple of the games are broken. Um, <laughs> Like for example, did you Mark? Did you play the balancing game where like you know the the guy eats a tube of super glue and then his body seizes up and you have to yeah. use the motion sensor in your iPhone to keep it from tipping over? Yeah, that one. I I think I actually succeeded once or twice with that one. I've succeeded once or twice, but I can't do it reliably. Like yeah. it's just it's so touchy. It's really touchy, yeah. And so I, I consider that broken. Okay. Um, like if if I like if I can't reliably figure out how to beat it, even on earlier levels, Right. I, I consider it broken. The other game that's pretty broken is there's a game where uh, the character eats a two-week-old unrefrigerated pie and then barfs. Yeah. And you have to use your finger to wipe all the vomit off of the screen. Uh. Or he'll slip in his own vomit and fall and die. I never, ever uh, failed on that one. Not once. Really? Yeah. Because I had so many problems with that game. Like I would, like I would look at the screen. I would not see any vomit left, and there must have just been like a pixel somewhere that I couldn't see, and it would fail me. Hmm. Wow. I guess 
results with that one vary. Yeah. But that's another one where, like, when the game gets moving super fast, you just can't complete it. Right. Yeah, it's harder. So, uh, I mean, aside from aside from those, I would say overall, since it is a free game, and it is very well done, and the animation is cute, and it has a great music video that you can unlock, it's definitely worth a download. Like, it's a fun time waster, you know, you can just, you can play a game very quickly. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's very casual, it's just very easy to get into, it doesn't demand a lot of your time, so, yeah, as long as you don't have to pay money for it, I would say give it a download and check it out, even if you delete it like a couple of days later. Yeah, I mean, even though I deleted it, I can recommend downloading it, playing it for an hour or two, and then, you know, moving on with your life. Much like I'm moving on to beer number two. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good objective for a free um, game attached to a public service announcement. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, that's that's got to be more success than they could have possibly imagined with that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm ready. Right. I'm I'm uh I'm ready to hear about Emerson's review. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty excited about this game after watching some YouTube videos, so... Okay. Um, well, I haven't watched any YouTube videos of it, but I, I can't imagine what sort of entertainment value would be in there. Because it's really not that exciting to watch. Uh, I, I'm reviewing Oregon Trail, which is not Oregon Trail, the old 80s... Uh, I don't know what kind of game it is. Strategy game, maybe? This is Oregon Trail, which is a similar type of game, but set in a zombie apocalypse. So you begin in Washington, D.C., and you have to make your way to the West Coast um, via the nuclear-irradiated United States on an extremely long journey. It's a fun little game. It's not available on the Play Store, the Google Play Store. I think it's only available on the Amazon App Store for Android. Um, I got it through the Humble Bundle for Android, so I paid like $5 and got like nine games. Yeah, so Oregon Trail, I honestly, um, I liked it. I thought it was, it's really well done. The The graphics are very throwback to the Apple II. They're like designed to be Apple II graphics, like pixelated characters. It's very and... similar to versions of Oregon Trail that I've played. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you've ever played the original Oregon Trail, like the original one for the Apple II... You'll be right at home. So so the only difference here is when your daughter dies, she comes back as a shambling ghoul? Yeah, well, actually, you, you have to put a bullet in her brain first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the, the game starts out in Washington, D.C., and the best part, by far, is that you get to name all the people in your, in your team. So, of course, I picked um, Mark, Kevin Seibert, and uh, Scott Kurtz. And my fourth, <laughs> so yeah, it was Mark, Kevin, Scott Kurtz, and my fourth uh, member was was somebody I called. I I couldn't think of a name, so I just wrote Bacon. <laughs> Is it Kevin Bacon? No, it was just Bacon. And so throughout the game, I thought of Bacon as being like a big pink pig that w that we were for some reason protecting. Of course, that's a fourth survivor. Like you're supposed to be a person, so every once in a while, like Bacon would like do something. 
might be like, why is this pig, like, walking around? Why is it shaped like a person? I'm like, oh, yeah. It's not actually a pig. That was just my imagination. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, as you make your way across the country, people get their limbs broken. And what's really cool is that the game will, whenever it pops up something like that, it'll prompt if you want to post it on Twitter. So, of course, every time Scott Kurtz got into any trouble, I had to post it on Twitter <laughs> and, and, and resist the urge to tag him in it. Like, I actually didn't uh, tag him. I'm disappointed. But um, I, I did put Scott Kurtz. So, like, Scott Kurtz was dicking around with $21 and threw it off the side of your station wagon. Or, like, it was just... Some of it was weird. Like, somebody would sit on a med kit and squash it, and I'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> Sounds like Scott Kurtz. Yeah, actually, that was you, Mark. You sat on a... Oh. You, I think, no, you... No, Scott Kurtz did sit on a med kit. That was annoying. But you threw $21 over the side. At one point, Bacon threw almost 100 food at a zombie. I was like, what the... What the hell? 100 food is a lot. The game is pretty hard especially on the phone, uh, because the controls are frustrating, which is its chief source of difficulty, I think, is just making it frustratingly hard to shoot zombies, which is fair, because you want to, like, up the tension level, mm -hmm. sort of get the player to have that zombie apocalypse experience, but it's still really annoying when you're, like, dragging your finger, and the bullet is, like, flying somewhere else. You just feel like... It's really hard to control. And in fact, they, they actually have a joke at one point where if you find a gravestone, the, the epitaph on the gravestone is just like, these controls are too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had a really hard time with the game at first until I figured out that there's a little meter where it tells you what the zombie density is like in the area that you're in. So I would like go scavenge at random, and there'd be like hordes of zombies just swarming everywhere. And I'd be like, this game is impossible. And then I figured out that it would tell you how many zombies there are. There's like deadly, dangerous, heavy, medium, and low. And so I was like, oh, I'm supposed to scavenge when there's low zombies. And then after that, I found like a, a ton of supplies, and I made it to the, the final confrontation. Which, if you remember in Oregon Trail, it was, I think, crossing a, a, a river. It was the original Oregon Trail final challenge. Yes. And that's where, no matter how well you did throughout the, uh, the journey, you would almost always die. <laughs> yep. And this is no different. Um, in Oregon Trail, you have to get fuel and power up a generator to lower a bridge so you can cross. And it's just like zombies are everywhere. I was playing on normal difficulty level, and when I figured out the how to do scavenging properly, I made it all the way to the end, and then I just died. Because I only had, like, only two people in my five-man party were still alive. Who lived? It was it was me and Bacon, <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough. I think everybody died of dysentery, except for, no, Scott Kurtz got bitten by a zombie, and then he was, um, he was put down by bandits. Ooh. Uh, Kevin, I, uh, I accidentally shot him <laughs> when he was kidnapped by bandits. Um, Mark died of dysentery. Sounds like me. <laughs> Bacon lived. Um, so, but you like if you you have to go out and collect fuel. You only carry two fuel, but you need to get ten. 
and uh, and there's just zombies everywhere, and they're just and you have to go really far out for like the final fuel cans. So yeah, I never actually finished. Like I never got to the end of the game, which is sort of fine. Um, there there's actually a campaign mode which has an ending, and I guess an endless mode where you just try to survive for as long as you can. Which I think if you're playing it on a mobile device, that's the way to do it. You just you just like every once in a while if you're waiting in line or if you're on the, the train, you know, you just pop in Oregon Trail and then stay alive for another few miles and, and all that. There's a surprising amount of content. Like there are little events that happen. You can make choices about how you want to interact with people, like You'll find crazy people who are like, they have their relatives as zombies chained to the wall, and you have a choice, like, do you kill the zombies, do you kill everybody, do you, like, leave, do you just sit down and eat with the zombies right there, you can do all that stuff. I'm, I'm sure that each choice has a different outcome, so yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, like, little events that you can run into, which is pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that. At the beginning, do you choose your profession or whatever you get to um you get to spend points distributed through supplies okay so like there's a bunch of car parts fuel ammunition food uh medical supplies and money okay. and you distribute points to like each of those things i think money is really important because you can buy upgrades that make the game just like easier. Uh, like I, I had a I had a ninja muffler so I could sneak through hordes of zombies without getting caught automatically. So I bypassed like like three or four major hordes that way with my special muffler. It's weird because I mean in the in the real zombie apocalypse, like money's not gonna be a thing. No one's gonna care about money. Yeah. Well they even talk about that in the thing. They're like, well oh but on the trail, on the trail People don't exchange money, they'll just trade. So they'll be like, I have a tire, do you have a muffler? It's when you're in cities that you use money. Which okay. makes a sort of makes a certain amount of sense. And prices fluctuate wildly, so like in one place it could be like thirty two dollars for a medical kit and then in the next town it could be twenty. So but you like you find you you can find a lot of supplies just scavenging everywhere. The only ones I wasn't able to find were medical kits and ammunition. You can't find those by scavenging. Hmm. You can find a lot of food. Like I said, I was playing on normal difficulty, so I guess on suicidal it would probably be more challenging. I bet. Um, uh, you can like sell your food and um, and buy stuff, and you can find a lot of money by scavenging. So. After I got some essential, like, basic, basic things, like, I found myself mostly just scavenging and selling a lot of food and then buying a med kit to keep myself from dying, and then that was it. So, you said that this looks like an Apple IIe game? Yeah. Yeah. And it, now, does it handle, like, combat with zombies in the same way that the original Oregon Trail game handled hunting? Like, from the top-down perspective, with... Uh, you know, you walk around and you shoot or whatever? The way it works is you kind of see everything from the side. So I guess mm -hmm. it's isometric in that regard. Um, you can use the W... Well, you tap on the screen to walk around. And um, the zombies will walk off the sides. And so then you have to 
you have to, to shoot them, you have to sort of tap on the zombie and then swipe in the direction of your character. But the the aiming is really, like, actually really specific, so if you don't do it at the right spot, you'll just, you'll miss them completely. And then the spot you actually have to aim for on your little man is his feet. <laughs> so... I, I mean, I was having so much trouble aiming, and then I was like, oh, if I aim for his feet, it's a little easier. So that's how combat works, and you just tap to walk around. And then sometimes you're stationary, like you'll be on your car, and you'll have to shoot at zombies that are coming from every angle. Uh, there's actually some there's some variation to the minigames, which was cool. Like, there are occasionally jobs, you know? And so, I, all right, I was really frustrated at the beginning of the game, because I was like, oh, I need money. I hadn't figured out how to make money yet. When I saw this job, it was like, you know, 80, get $80, suicidal difficulty. And I was like, well, I really need $80, so we'll just, <laughs> we'll just try it. And I, and you just get instantly swarmed. Like, it really is, I think, impossible to do unless you have all of the upgrades for your gun. Because there's one that lets you reload in half the time. Like, if you don't have that, I, I don't think you can do it. Yeah. Uh, and there are bandits where you're, like, ducking down behind a thing and they can't hit you. And then they will pop up and shoot. And so if you pop up and get hit by a bullet, then you die. Or you you get wounded and then the mission is over. Mm. And so you have to spend, like, 15 minutes waiting for the timing to be just right. And then you have to aim and try to shoot the bandit in the face. And Some of those are, some of those are doable, even on, like, a suicidal difficulty, but... Uh, there's there's a fun one where somebody has like an object and you just have to run away from a horde of zombies and like shoot the ones that are in your way. That was cool. I like those because they're a little easier. You just shoot the ones that are going to intercept you and you run away from the majority of the horde. And then you you get rewarded with like fuel or uh, ammo or whatever. So it sounds very much like it's paying a lot of respect to um, the original Oregon Trail game and, you know, just oh, yeah. trying to get, like, a similar tone but with a focus on the undead. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely, um, like, more than just inspired by the original Oregon Trail. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a homage. And I think it executed it really well. Like, the there it has 8-bit music and everything. And the music's awesome. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of, of 8-bit music, so I found it a little grating. Uh, After a while, I had to turn the volume down, but um, but no, it is it is really good. Like it's very it's very well executed. There's a lot of a lot of love went into it, I think. And uh, like I said, a surprising amount of detail. Like I, I, all the gravestones are different that you find, and it, it's cool. I don't see myself playing a lot of it because I didn't find like the core gameplay to be that interesting. So it's sort of you you find like the difficulty where i guess your shooting mechanics are like either you shoot the zombies and you get the scavenging done or you lose the game and you die it's pretty much what it comes down to so i don't feel like a higher difficulty would really like change your success rate if you're already good at the the gunplay maybe we just make it more random in terms of finding safe places um, but yeah, I think the, especially on the, the mobile device, I think the survival or the endless survival mode is the way to go. Because then you you don't really 
you don't really feel like you have to finish it. You can just play it whenever you feel like it. Pick it up for five minutes and drive a little ways and then put it away. How much is it? You know, I think it's about... Uh, I, I, like I said, I got it as part of the Humble uh, Android right. bundle, so I don't know off the top of my head how much it is. Um, and my internet is, is trashy right now, so I don't know. Don't want to risk dropping the call to look it up. It's but right. I, I'm so guessing, I'm sure it's like $5 or, or I, less. I think it's around there, yeah, because I, I was going to download it just so I could contribute to the review, and I was like, eh, that's a little too much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good buy, especially if you like Oregon Trail, or if you like that type of, like, uh, resource resource management game. Yeah. It's cool. Um, yeah, the, the more I think about it, the more attention to detail I realized went into it. Like, every time you would rest, the the little campsite would be different depending on the time of day and, like, how many people were still alive. Hmm. It was really, uh, it was really well done. I, I give it, um, I give it four, uh, survivors out of, out of five. Scott Kurtz, oh. of course, being the dead one. <laughs> that might be the most positive review that you've ever given anything on this show so far. Except pinball. No, I, I gave... Oh, except pinball, right. I gave, um... I gave Tamagotchi four giant piles of Tamagotchi shit out of five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, actually, I was thinking I was going to give it three survivors when I, before the review, and now that I'm talking about it and describing it, I'm realizing how much how much detail went into it, and I, I revised my review upwards. So Bacon gets to stick around. Yeah, Bacon, Bacon survived. Actually, I think it would be Kevin that went next. Because you're you're reckless. Because you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I just I just started my second beer. That might be the beer talking. Let me just oh, be yeah. real. I love bacon more than you, Kevin. <laughs> That's apparent. <laughs> I mean, I already knew this, but you know, you it's, didn't have to tell bacon. everybody. It's delicious. Yeah, and um, of course, you can check our Twitter, Portal Power FM see all of the the details of my adventures in uh in Oregon Trail. I, I posted a bunch of stuff on Twitter probably to the annoyance of the few followers that we do have. <laughs> Definitely um Scott Kurtz sat on a med kit which I thought was very appropriate. Well he's definitely the last person you want to sit on a med kit out of the people in our crew. <laughs> That's true. I like that we are a crew. Us, Scott Kurtz and Bacon are a crew. Yeah, yeah. The portable power zombie hunting squad. <laughs> okay, so are we ready to move on into uh, Project X Zone or Project Cross Zone or whatever it's called? Well, it's actually Project Cross Zone because if you if you play the clip from the uh, menu here, look, look, look. Yeah, Project Crossing. Yeah, I'm going to try to get through this review. I, I'm one and three quarters beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Need I say more? Yeah, so Kevin was telling me a little bit to whet my appetite to hear his reviews. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, okay. Well, it's a sequel to the Japan-only Namco Cross Capcom game that came out in 2005 for the PlayStation 2. 
it was developed by the developers uh, Monolith Soft. If you recall, they make the Xenoblade, Xenosaga, Xenogears games. Um, they did it in collaboration with the band Presto, who are the makers of basically a bunch of weird Japanese games and plush toys, if I recall correctly. Um, at its heart, Project Crosszone is a, is, it's a turn-based strategy RPG whose main draw is that it features over 60 characters from Sega, Nang, Namco, Capcom. Um, so if you ever wanted to play sort of a lighter, weird version of Final Fantasy Tactics with characters from Tekken, Street Fighter, Mega Man, Valkyria Chronicles, Sakura Wars, Resident Evil, so on and so forth, here you go. The wait is over. Um, game, gameplay goes down like this. So you'll watch a story sequence consisting of still frame characters bantering about some very Japanese nonsense regarding portals and, and demons and how they might all be trapped in a video game. Hardy har har har. Um, then you'll proceed to uh, your grid-based map similar to you know Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics. And um, from here you'll move your many teams of uh, either two or three characters into position to fight this generally vast army of bizarre enemies and you have to sometimes complete objectives that get you to the next story section, that get you to the next map, that get you to the next set of enemies. And very simplistically, that is the entirety of the game. Huh. So on its surface, and cer certainly, you know, from the demo I played, um, it's very shallow and repetitive. But, uh, I'll get into that more later. Um, you know, battles consist of you facing basically one en enemy at a time, using primarily the A button in conjunction with directional inputs to dial in combo attacks. Um, and if you give or take enough damage, this sort of fighting game-esque meter at the bottom of the screen builds up, which allows the use of more skills and finishing moves. And you can do these huge combos if you time everything well. And, you know, about 100 hits per battle uh, is not uncommon, you know, once you get going in the game. Kevin, do you, do you know uh, your record? Do you... Do you did you keep track of how many hits you were doing? Uh, no, I I didn't. But I mean, yeah, I was I was well over a hundred. I just don't have like an exact number. I, I kept writing them down every time I I got a new record. <laughs> so I'm currently at one thirty eight. I'm I'm in chapter thirty five or thirty six, I believe. So, you know, I can only go up from here. Um, so you only get a certain number of attacks per turn, and while your first instinct may be to sort of button mash within these parameters, um, this is where the game's depth really comes into the light. If you time your attacks, um, you can juggle the enemy in the air. If you've played Tekken, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and this causes them to be unable to block further attacks. And if you really time the attacks precisely, and you can hit the enemy at the absolute last possible moment before they hit the ground, you'll do critical damage. So if you can time your, like, four to five attacks, depending on the character, um, if you can time them as criticals, and then you can use adjacent units for support attacks, and then your optional third teammate in the same way, and then unleash your finishing move, the game gets bananas, and you can really do serious damage. So, I mean, add in the perks you get from equipped items, skills you can use on the map before battle to increase damage and range, and um, suddenly Project Cross Zone is really challenging to master and really like sort of beautifully chaotic to behold um you don't have to absolutely just master the game to beat it 
But if you don't at least make an attempt, I can see a lot of people getting fatigued early on and never even finishing the, the 60 hour or more quests. I mean, I, I was reading message boards and stuff and I see people that they just download the demo and like I mentioned earlier from the demo, it just seems really shallow, really repetitive. But there's a lot of strategies that you can, that you can kind of get into. If, if, you, if you really start to take notice of what's going on and read the tutorials, which they don't force the tutorials down your throat and make you sit through them like in a lot of games. Like you actually have to go out of your way to read the tutorials. And I actually learned a lot of stuff going, oh, I can do this. I had no idea. Well, you know, that's actually one of the... I'm one of those people who played the demo, you know, downloaded it and thought, oh my gosh, th there's no depth to this game. It's so repetitive. Why would I ever buy this? And then... A couple of days after you bought it, Mark, mm -hmm. like you know, you were you were talking about it, and I was like, you know, it's a tactics RPG. This is my absolute favorite genre of video games, so I might as well pick it up and just you know see how it goes. Because like maybe if I get started from the beginning, I'll act you know I'll actually enjoy it. And that's what ended up being the case for me was yeah. like I just I've been having a blast with this game. Yeah, it's so so nerdy and fun, but it's 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 good, and it's and it's just deep enough to make it interesting. Well, let, let, let's be honest. The story itself is complete rubbish and utter nonsense and completely just... Un, like, you can't follow it yeah. whatsoever. I, I, I have no idea what's happening. I think in my um, my notes here... I can't find it, but I think I the two words I used to, to describe the story and, and the dialogue, mostly the dialogue, are inane and insane. <laughs> I, I used two words as well to describe the story. Mm -hmm. And the dialogue, and it was brain poison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's in in the dialogue. There's a lot of like allusions to like, oh, remember when this happened? Wink, wink. So people who know these characters, like Chris and Jill from Resident Evil, Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins, um, Ulala from Space Channel Five, like all these random characters that are in this random game. Like, there's a lot of nerdy like wink winks to those fans. Yeah, people who have played all of the games or m more of the games are going to get a lot more out of this than people who aren't like hardcore gamers who aren't familiar with these franchises. Right. Like, I, like I know that for, for me personally, the characters that I really enjoy seeing show up and enjoy you know using are Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter and Mega Man X and Zero from the Mega Man X series. Yeah, that only took twenty chapters. <laughs> I know. I was so mad that they took so long to show up, but now that now that I have them, it's like I I, I love this game. Like it went from good to great. Wow. Um, and, and and what what I really like about it is you know as someone who's played a lot of tactics RPGs, mm. um, it gets pretty tiresome. You know, m just moving your character within attack range and then pressing the attack button and then it'd be like. Eh, and it does this little animation where it looks like they're slapping somebody with their sword. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, no real power behind it or anything. But, like, in Project Cross Zone, what happens is you go into, like, a... It, it looks exactly like a, you know, a Street, Fire, a Street Fighter-style fighter. Yeah. And, you know, you input the, you know, the attack commands, and each attack is different, and it, you know... You're trying to juggle them in the air, and you have to time it correctly to get criticals. And I've like, it's never been done like this before in a tactics RPG, yeah. at least as far as I'm aware. Right. And the the animations are beautiful and just completely over the top. It's very reminiscent of a lot of the team attacks in Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. yeah. At least in terms of the animation. Visually, the game is beautiful, but it's sort of all over the place. 
like okay, so the so the story sections, which are basically just these hand drawn illustrations, they're they're static drawings of these characters. Um, they're they're okay, they're fine, whatever. But the game's graphics with the the sprite based graphics that that make up the battles, that's where the game shines. I mean, not exactly. not since like the Scott Pilgrim game have I seen sprite graphics this wonderful. And in conjunction with the 3D effect, I mean, if you use it. Uh, they really pop. They separate them. I mean, it, it just kind of looks like layers in Photoshop, maybe, or something separated, but it works. Um, and the backgrounds are kind of weird anyway. I don't know. Now, see, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I don't think that the 3D added anything to this game. Really? I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I still play with it on because that's just its habit. Yeah. And, I, like, when I play my 3DS, I honestly, like, I have a hard time focusing my eyes in a way to not see it in 3D, which... I might want to talk to a doctor about, <laughs> but it felt a lot like playing Street Fighter Four on the 3DS to me, where it was just playing a diorama. Mm. Like you know, it's it's an interesting effect, but I didn't feel like it added anything. That's a great way that I think to describe Street Fighter Four on the 3DS is that diorama, because it looks like you're looking into a diorama. But in Street Fighter Four, the characters had dimension and stuff, and that's where the 3D effect really worked. And this one. I don't know. It just sort of separates the characters from the backgrounds, but really only during battle on the map. Like the the maps aren't very like well rendered in three D. Like they don't really pop or anything. It's it's really underused in those sections. That said, though, I think that these are some of the better maps in a tactics RPG. They're they're very dynamic, especially later on. Exactly. Like I felt like I was actually in the environments. I mean, the, I haven't played most of these game franchises, but so I can't say how authentic they are. But I felt like for like making interesting terrain to fight on, yeah. it did a very good job. Like I felt like I was fighting on a starship bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I was fighting in, you know, on a hill in a graveyard, like that kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Or, or on the cruise ship. You know, like that. That was like every. Every different level, like every different map, feels like it, like it would actually be to fight on a starship, or huh. you know, like the, it feels authentic. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I was not expecting to hear such a glowing review of this game. Well, I haven't said the things I don't like oh. yet. We'll get to those later on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to focus on the niceties right now because yeah, I think we're gonna have m- many of the same complaints. So we'll get to that. I, I really only have one complaint, but we'll get to that. We'll, we'll go to um, sound design next. Um, overall, it's pretty nice. You're going to hear you know, pretty fairly traditional versions of many of your favorite theme songs from uh, each character's sort of respective series, like Chun-Li's theme from Street Fighter Two, or the music from the first level of Ghosts and Goblins, and so on. All the hits are in there. Zero's theme from Mega Man X. Exactly. There are a few original songs that are very, like, sort of J-pop or that weird, like, cowboy bebop jazz techno fusion stuff that has been popular in japan or i guess i don't know the last decade or so people somewhere like it it's fine it's fine it's inoffensive like it has this quaint quality and maybe it's because i'm american and it's japanese uh, much like the voices all the voices are in japanese which is awesome and maybe it's just because they're in japanese that i like them but um there's a lot of voice work in the game and it probably would have just been ruined if they had um, translated to English with the English actors. Yeah, I really liked the voice work. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how many of the the actors' voices are, are canonical, so to speak. You know, I'm I'm not enough of a nerd to know um, 
for example, if it's the same actor that plays Ryu in Street Fighter Four as it is in this game, but um, all the voices sound good, the quality's good, so no complaints in the sound department at all. And an- another thing, I-, I mean, this isn't necessarily sound-related, but I felt like the, char- I mean, the characters that I'm familiar with, at least, were written pretty accurately to how they to how they really are. Like, you know, if not a little bit stereotypically. Like, I'm sorry, not stereotypically, but, like, two-dimensionally. They're, it's a little two-dimensional, yeah. yeah. Um, but speaking of the characters, what, what are some of your favorites? You've mentioned a few of them, X and, X and Zero, but what else? who else? Obviously X and Zero, but, I mean, I have, you know, a Mega Man X action figure in my living room. Right as decoration, so I, I might not be the most unbiased in that regard. I don't know, I, I mean, I really like Ryu, mm-hmm. I like Jin Kazama from Tekken. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 mainly the characters that I've played before, um, you know, in, in games that I'm familiar with. It's kind of like that for me, but um, I like the Valkyria Chronicles characters. Wait, which ones are them again? I can't remember the names, you're putting me on the spot here, making me look bad. Um... um. I have the art book sitting right here. Right. That's an awesome thing. I'll, I'll briefly mention that. Like, everyone who got the first um, printing of the of the game got this deluxe package for the exact same price, and it's really nice. I mean, it has an art book, it has a CD, it has the game, and a poster. Anything else? Nice packaging. Um, no, I think, I think you covered so it. So if you haven't bought it already, you're out of luck, but, um, yeah. I, I also really like, and I'm not a big Resident Evil fan, but I like um, those characters, yeah. Jill and what's his name, Chris? Chris, yeah. What's cool about a lot of these characters is that they use the moves from like their games. So like things that you'd see them stereotypically doing in their games, they do as part of their like combo attacks. Like especially like Frank from Dead Rising, who like uses a chainsaw and just like throws like a fire extinguisher, all this random crap at the opponents as he's fighting them. Oh, you know who I really like? Who's that? That I had never played before is um, from Resonance of Fate, Zephyr and Leanne. Yeah. I, I don't I don't always do that much damage with them because their their attacks are kind of wonky. Yeah, exactly. And and they're ranged, so they may not be as strong. Yeah. But like, I really like the character dynamic between them. Like, have you have you ever done like their? I don't know what they call them. Like the Y attack, like their ultimate move. When yeah, you have I call 100% it the finishing XP. move. I don't know. If the, I think the game just calls it special attack very boringly, but it's it's. I call it a finishing yeah. move. Yeah, they like they're like falling in front of Big Ben and they throw Molotov yeah. cocktails or something. Like I really like that. And and one of the things I like is that Zephyr is very respectful of Leanne. Yeah, but she always talks about like putting on makeup and needing makeup and stuff. Well, yes, but I, I don't get I don't get the idea that her lack of female empowerment is caused by any of Zephyr's actions. Right, right, right. Um, the team that I really like are Soma and Elisa from the God Eater games. Um, mm. They have these yeah, I those love them. weapons that turn into this giant like maws of na- gnashing teeth, sort of how Emrys described his Tamagotchi in episode <laughs> one. <laughs> yes. So I have a question. Do these characters have different control schemes, or is it all basically all. the same control scheme, but they have do they have different timing and everything? Yes. Timing and range are different. Basically, every character's moves has a different distance that they launch the enemy into the air, which changes your timing for getting a critical on them. Or even keeping them from hitting the ground in the first but place. But the actual right. keys are the same, so everybody has like an... Yes. Okay. That's cool. 
yeah, there, there's no sort of like Street Fighter like controls where you have to like do like that down to forward motion or yeah. anything like that. It's all like up, down, A, you know, up and A, down and A, whatever, but... I would compare it to Smash Brothers B button mechanic. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it reminds me of, of Guilty Gear, actually. I only played that game like once. It's amazing. Yeah, me too. It's amazing. Guilty Gear X2, I think. I wish I could... I wish I had that game because it was the... All right, another time. <laughs> the other character, the other character pairing that I really liked were um, Erica Fontaine and Gemini Sunrise from Sakura Wars. I'm surprised how much I ended up liking them in the end because I didn't like them at first. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. They, they, they were just, they were silly and they were fun. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about their attacks or like their personalities? A little bit of both. Just personalities, yeah, a little bit of both. Like, I, I could do reliable damage with them, and, you, you know, like, they, they were just, they were fun, like, they, they, they're they basically characters who are, they're, they're actors, aren't they? I've never played the games, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I played Sakura Wars for about two hours before I was just like, oh, <laughs> it's so reedy, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, ga- the game is basically just reading, and I... I I don't know if I want to read. I'm going to read a book. I'm not going to play a video game. But no, like I, I, I genuinely liked them. I, th- I thought it was pretty cool. So yeah. even though the story was brain poison, some of the characterization is still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like no, nobody was, as far as I'm aware, nobody was written horrifically out of character. Yeah, that's cool. Part of what I loved about this game, and I, I guess Kevin would agree. I don't know if you'll disagree or not, but it's just the sheer weirdness, though. It reminded me so much. Merely in presentation, I guess, as something from like the Dreamcast era of these weird Japanese niche titles that I'm hardly ever like, barely made it to our shores, like like Cannon Spike or even Jet Grind Radio. Like the concept of Project Cross Zone is is it's is preposterous. And the story is incomprehensible and the dialogue is retarded and the game is so stupid. Like, I have to admit, it's so stupid. But there's just something that tickles my inner otaku. I can't get enough of it. And then you mix in this this, this sort of gameplay that's, like, easy to pick up but difficult to master. And it, it kept me going strong for over 30 hours so far. I'm about wow. three quarters of the way through the game. Only now is it started to feel kind of like work. You know, the, the battles get lar- so large, you know, towards the end of the game. You're fighting 70 opponents on a map at a time, and each opponent could take you know, who, who knows how many turns, like, especially the boss characters. Well, have you been using the multi-attacks? What do you mean? The multi-attacks, where you press start to change to be able to target multiple enemies in one attack? And this is what I'm talking about when I say that, that you don't know... I, I haven't, because I didn't even know that existed. Oh, okay, so one of the things you can do is, you know how you use, like, like you get 100% XP? Okay, basically, I, I guess I should explain this. XP is um, different from experience, though. That's what our listeners exactly. are going to... It's very and confusing. that took me forever to figure out. I was afraid to use skills, because I was, I was like, my characters will never level up if I use skills. <laughs> and then I realized experience and XP were different. XP use, is used to fuel your skills, so what you can do is if you have over 100% XP, uh, and, and what, um, basically, you can use it to do your ultimate move that we were talking about earlier, yeah. or you can, and this is only certain characters that can do it, like it's a learned talent, okay. 
and I'm not sure how they learn it. Like, I've been trying to look for FAQs online to figure out how to do this, and I can't find any. It's too new. It's, it is too new, yeah. But basically, characters, it seems like after a while, learn a multi-attack, where if you have over 100% XP and you stand in a crowd of, of enemies, you press the start button and it will switch to a multi-attack. You can target up to four enemies uh, and deal devastating damage to all of now them. Now I want, instead of finishing this episode of a podcast, now I want to play the game. <laughs> oh my gosh, Like that that's exactly the way that I felt about it as soon as I discovered I could do this. Because it was so like, frustrating the bosses I can do it, but I couldn't. And I'm like, why can they do it, but I can't? <laughs> you totally can. Uh. Not, not, not all of your characters can, but... Some of your characters can, and that and that's that's another element of the strategy. Like some characters can do it, so you you save your XP for them, and you have other characters build your XP, and there are items that can build your XP. Like that's another element of the strategy is managing your XP and knowing when to use what skill. And there's certain characters, like we mentioned, um, certain enemies being able to use the defense skill to reduce damage. Yeah. Like they create a shield, you just don't deal damage to them for a couple of attacks. Right. Um, there's certain characters you can use XP to use a skill that penetrates their defense, and they it just shatters their shield immediately. If you go into the stats in the menus, like you can see how their um, moves affect attacks. And actually, this is really really nerdy, but um, the Street Fighter characters, um, which are basically just Ryu, Ken, and Chun Li, they're they're on different teams. But um, and Jury. if you if you do certain attacks, they have a really high um, like block defense like they'll basically break down a block which is a lot of bosses do is they'll block your attack right off the bat so your entire like first one or two combos won't do any damage but if you use the street fighter characters their very first attack which is like down in a if you do it um it does their focus attack from street fighter 4 which if you know what that is is that it's super nerdy that they did this but it breaks their block within the first attack usually and um lets you uh continue on to do damage yeah so like there, there's there's a lot of different layers to this game it sounds really rewarding if you know the franchises too it is but mm -hmm. um at the at the risk of making this this whole review sound like a tutorial let's 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 move on let's go into what we did not like kevin you can go first okay first of all for a game that you know and and, and i liked the combat system i loved chaining combos together and figuring out new ways of doing things and timing things. Like, I'm a big old-school gamer, so bringing timing into a tactics RPG just kind of makes me giddy. Yeah. But I did have some frame rate problems. Did you experience that at all? I don't think so. I don't recall. For a game that, it, that requires precise timing, a, like a frame rate glitch will completely change things. And it was never game-breaking, sure, but, but it was annoying. I don't know that I ever had that problem. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this to see if this is isolated incidents or what. I It didn't happen often. Okay. But there were a couple of times where I would sit there and I would be ready to put in, you know, do a button input, and then I would have, like, NES-era-style lag. I, I don't remember ever having that. But Weird. Go on. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, that was that was my only real small problem uh -huh. with the game other than just like the game take you know every battle takes forever but the quick save feature makes me not care about that as much yeah me too now my big issue and this is where i think you're probably going to agree with me is how completely gratuitous the game is it's okay they went out of their way to make it sort of risque <laughs> 
Which, it's completely unnecessary, but it's a very Japanese thing to do. I mean, very anime thing to do, I'll say. Right, but that's why I stopped watching anime. Yeah. I mean, there's, um... If you've ever played any of the last few, like, Capcom crossover fighting games, like, um... Marvel vs. Capcom 3, or um, Tetsunaku vs. Capcom, take the character of Morgan in those games, like, and you'll get what I'm talking about. Like, she just, she, she likes to show off her rack like a fat girl at a renaissance fair. Um, <laughs> well, Mor- <laughs> well, Morgan's a succubus, though. She's supposed to do that. Right. Like, my, my bigger problem is with characters like... Tron Bon? Um, who? Tron Bon. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Yeah, 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 the Tron, but my biggest problem is with me, Koru Yuji. Oh, yeah, she's... Her and her tutor, Kogoro. Yeah. Kogoro is a massive pervert. Yeah. Me <laughs> is a high school girl. She's a she's like 16 years old, yeah. and he's perving on her all the time. Like, like when they finish up a battle, he'll say something to her like... Lift your leg you higher know, this next will be, time. This would be so much interesting, more interesting if you lifted your leg higher next time. <laughs> and, like, I, I'm sorry, but that really bothers me. I guess I didn't... I don't know. I don't get who this audience is that enjoys, like, ogling, like, drawings. There were times where I was honestly surprised that, like, for the female characters in the game, it wouldn't have surprised me if instead of experience, they made it so, like, you had to play some kind of minigame where you had to use the touch screen to finger-bang the female characters <laughs> to level up. That's a little <laughs> harsh, but, um... Well, okay, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but still. I guess this, the same people that are into that kind of thing are the same people who perhaps drool over games that are mashups of famous Japanese <laughs> video game characters. So, I mean, I guess... I, I feel like it, it ties into the whole idea of fan service, which is what a crossover game like this is all about. I think that those two words are exactly how I would review this game. This is fan service. There is strategy that is somewhat deep if you want to get into it, and there are visuals that... Especially the battle graphics, where they're just, like, hand-drawn, like, sprite graphics. Like, awesome. And so were the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Much less so, but yes. I guess if I Well, if I there's like 12... uh, nothing explicitly wrong with fan service, I suppose. I'm just saying, I've never seen boobs like Kaguya's from Endless Frontier. Oh, well. You don't, you don't live in California. <laughs> no. But I wish I where, did. The, the area, the area I live in, is like um, it, it, it's like Little Malibu almost. Sometimes there's just like so much plastic surgery on women over like forty. It's ridiculous. The boobs are gigantic and just completely spherical, like globes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But despite all this, I think it's a great game. It 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 is a great game if you can get past the story, and if you know high school girls getting hit on by their tutors doesn't offend you. Right. If you can focus primarily on on the, the, the battles and the strategy that is deep if you really want it to be, but it's it's it can be completely shallow if you want it to be as well. Like, it's... I don't know. I recommend it. I think it's a great game. I'm glad I bought it. Yeah, I, I am as well. Like, d- don't let my finger-banging comments, you know, dissuade <laughs> you. Like, it, it's, it's a great game. I just... I I felt ashamed when I would play it in a public place. You finally you finally got to work finger finger banging into the podcast, didn't you, Kevin? Yeah. Kevin, why don't you go to he- go ahead and uh, you can review Mega Man Doctor Wily's Revenge for the Game Boy. 
why don't I go ahead and review a game that is 23 years old? While I urinate in the other room. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge. It was released in 1990, and it's available on the Nintendo 3DS eShop for $3.99. However, I did not play it in this format. I played it on my original cartridge using my Game Boy Advance, which I still have. Yeah, Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge was the first Mega Man game to be released for the Game Boy, uh, and it established a format that all of the games except for Mega Man 5 on the Game Boy used, which is four Robot Masters from one game and four Robot, robot Masters from a different game. In this game, Elecman, Iceman, Fireman, and Cutman appear from Mega Man 1, as well as, from Mega Man 2, Quickman, Flashman, Bubbleman, and Heatman. And that brings kind of an interesting dynamic in, because it means you can cross weapons against different uh, Robot Masters that you may not have been able to use them against before. Anyone who's not familiar with Mega Man, anytime Mega Man beats a Robot Master, he gains the weapon of that character, and he can use it on future levels and against future bosses, and every boss has a weakness to a different Robot Master's weapon. So, depending on how you do it, you can make the game harder or easier, and it, it just it brings a lot of replay value to every game in the series. This game, no exception. I always thought that was a cool mechanic. It, it, it really is, yeah, because, you know... When, when you beat the game, you can be like, well, you know, I may have started with a Lechman on this playthrough, but what happens if I start with Cutman? Right. And, you know, it, because I personally think Cutman's level is a lot harder to do without any Robot Master weapons, and Cutman himself is much harder to beat with just Mega Man's basic weapon. So the game has kind of like an interesting progression where every level that you beat adds something new to the game because you have a new weapon. But that's not unique to this game. That's every Mega Man game. Right, right, yeah. So, you know, and, and I've always had like an affection for old, old school video games, particularly the Mega Man series, which is why I'm excited to be able to talk about this game. But one of the reasons, and this is sort of what we touched on a little bit earlier this episode, is um, because they leave options to kind of do your own storytelling. So, since this is Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge, like I, I kind of like to think about like what was Dr. Wily's plot for revenge exactly? Like yeah. re Rebuilding robots that Mega Man has already defeated and hoping for different <laughs> results? I don't know. And, you know, and, and he's not even bringing two of them in. Like, Bomb Man and Guts Man make no appearance. Like, what does that say about them? He's like, well, out of all these guys who've been defeated, you know what, you guys bring me the least amount of hope. <laughs> so I kind of feel like Gutsman and Bombman get kind of like the sad tuba, like, wah, wah. <laughs> Or like the Price is Right tuba noise. <laughs> 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 exactly. So, yeah, a a as I said, this game brings in Electman, Iceman, Fireman, Cutman, Quickman, Flashman, Bubbleman, and Heatman. But in addition, they create a new, um, a new... I guess aspect of the Game Boy series that is that features um, what's called a Mega Man Hunter, like a specific robot designed only for the Game Boy games that I guess is designed to kill Mega Man, and they never appear in any of the NES games. And oh. the one in this game is called Anchor. Oh. Um, he's like this guy who has like a fencing sword, and I remember him being hard as balls when I was 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> but I beat him on my first try. <laughs> So, I don't know. Like, I must have just sucked at video games when I was a kid. Or, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I couldn't finish it on the, on this recent playthrough. Like, I got to the last level and I couldn't finish it. So, 
I may have been less good at games back then, but I was certainly more tenacious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, is this is this the first time that um, enemies have been brought back? I, I'm not a big Mega Man fan, but yes. is this the first time they've reused them? Well, okay, I guess it depends on what you consider, like, reusing. Um, Mega Man 2 had the Guts Dozer, which was... Gutsman's upper half of his body combined with a bulldozer on the bottom. That's disturbing, but continue. <laughs> yeah, so there was that, but this is the first time that the Robot Masters have actually appeared in like their native state as like sort of like an encore performance. Yeah. Interesting. So that's unique to this game. And what 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 I noted, and this may be for all of the Mega Man Game Boy games, like at least it is as far as I can remember, and I certainly didn't play all of them, but I played most of them. Uh -huh. um, is that the levels are actually a lot harder than the Robot Masters. Huh. Like, the NES games were always, you know, you kind of, like, the levels are pretty tough, but then you get to the Robot Master, like, oh, what the crap, like, this is really hard. Mm. And, you know, like, in, unless you had the weapon that they're weak to, like, it's just, and even then, it's still a pretty good fight. Right. Mm. But, you know, like, this game, it seems like the levels are the real challenge to everything, and the Robot Masters are still pretty challenging but you know like they're if you can make it through the level you kind of have it in the bag that's kind of that's kind of my impression of it anyway like i don't i don't know if that's the widely held opinion i don't know it's been so long. i haven't played this game since it was new because it was so infuriating <laughs> well that 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 is one of my my things that i like when i was taking notes about the game just like to you know keep my impressions fresh yeah is that this is possibly the hardest Mega Man game that was ever released and this is a series that's renowned for its difficulty yeah, yeah and you've played most of the games right i i own most of the games and i've played most of the games and i've even i mean every game that i own i have beaten but yeah this like this game still gives me a run for my money like like i said in my replay of this for for this segment i couldn't finish the game i got to the last level and i didn't even make it to wiley like i just i could not lever i could not leverage whatever skills were needed to complete that final level huh. it was it was brutal but yeah like what one of the things that really impressed me is how good this game looks like it is easily on par with all of the nes games that came out yeah the, the Robot Masters, Mega Man himself, everything looks exactly the same as it did in the NES release, which, considering, like, the tiny screen and, like, the lower memory space that's available, that's really impressive. Yeah, wow. And an another thing that I found impressive was the sound. Um, mm. Mega Man games are known for their excellent music. Like, there are, there are video game cover bands that yeah. do nothing but Mega Man songs. Yeah. The Megas being the first one that comes to mind. And this game features, like, kind of, you know, I mean, the Game Boy didn't have quite the same cap quite the same sound capabilities that the NES had. So they did, like, NES remixes from the original game. Like, you know, Elec Man had his theme re remixed, and that's, that, to this day, this is still one of my favorite Mega Man themes, is huh. Elec Man. So, you know, it, it has remixes of existing songs, but it also has a couple of original tracks. Wily's Castle Level One and Level Two are both original songs, and both of them are pretty solid. Wily's Castle Level Two being, I would say, one of the standout tracks from the entire series for me, anyway. Um, given that there's a lot of shared enemies, and you're saying the music is either remixed or whatever, um, is this to bridge the gap between Mega Man One and Two on the NES? 
No, actually, this game came out between the release of Mega Man 3 and 4 for the NES. So, I, like, I'm not sure where this fits in in the, like, Mega Man canon. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not sure that it does. Like, I don't know that... Me- I mean, Mega Man's never been an extremely story-based series. Yeah. Sure. It's always been just kind of, you know, gameplay first and, oh, well, there's this new threat, and it's totally not <laughs> Dr. Wily, and you fight this new threat, and, oh, wait, it is Dr. Wily. It's behind it all. Yeah. That's that's kind of you know that's kind of been the trope of the series for the entirety of its existence. Well, then they have like Zero and uh, other various guys. Zero? No, that's Mega Man X. Yeah, X and X and Legends are like different. They're they're different continuities. Oh. Well, la di da. Get 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 your Mega Man lore straight before you talk to me, man. All right. <laughs> You're talking to the guy who. Who every time he's ever come out to see me in the past five years has worn a Mega Man shirt. That's true, I have. And that shirt says, I beat the eight robot masters, and it doesn't matter which <laughs> eight robot masters it is, I've beaten them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as I was saying, you know, the difficulty is probably the highest the series has ever seen, with the only contender for that title being the very first Mega Man game for the NES. Yeah. And reasons for that being, you know, like the series staple, the energy tank are a no-show for this game. Like, it, ju- it just doesn't exist. Like, any damage you take is permanent, unless oh, you can track down an energy capsule, you know? Like, and they're very rare to spawn. It just doesn't happen. That's horrifying. Oh, yeah, it's really hard. Like, you have to be very... You have to dodge every attack, or you're just... You're boned. Yeah, I remember renting this game. I never owned it. I rented it and hated it. It was too hard. I could not... I don't even know if I beat a single Robot Master. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, the other thing is, Rush is not in this game, despite having come out after Mega Man 3. Mm. So, like, the lack of Rush makes the platforming segments incredibly unforgiving. Like, you get, a lot of the time, particularly in the later levels, you get one try, and if you screw up your timing, you die. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's just how it works. Later levels are basically memorization. Like, the, the the final level that I made it to and just, like, on this playthrough couldn't couldn't make it through was, you know, those appearing and disappearing blocks that occur in every Mega Man game? Yes. There was a segment that's just, like, this long, endle- it seems like almost endless sequence of repeating blocks, like, just that appear out of nowhere over a chasm of sp- instant death spikes. Uh. And, some t- and, like, some of them, and you never know which one... <laughs> Sometimes you have to jump up at exactly the right time because a block appears above your head, and if you jump, if you don't jump at exactly the right time, you can't get up on top of that block, and you have to die. There's no <laughs> other option. <laughs> so that, like, that was where I basically signed off on the game. I yeah. did that for six tries, and and like a lot of like a lot of Mega Man games, like most of the NES titles, when they do the 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 block puzzles, like. It's on one screen. You can watch the sequence and memorize it and figure it out. Yeah. This is completely by the seat of your pants. It's trial and error. You do it, you memorize it, or you die. And you have no choice. Like, it's not like you can just watch it. Like, it goes off the screen. You yeah. just can't do it. An- another thing that, that I noted was, particularly in Wily's levels, like, for some of the sequences where you're just jumping down through screens, taking one... Like, it'll give you options for different paths to take and one path will lead to certain unavoidable death (laughs) and the other allows you to progress (laughs) 
So, like, basically, it's all memorization. And it's not, and sometimes it's not even, like, you take this path and you make it. It's like, you use this item, then take this path, then you pass it. Like, if you just, like, sometimes you're just, you know, you have two options. If you just take either option, you'll die. But you have to use your platform weapon. And if you use the platform weapon, then you make it. But you have to put the platform weapon in exactly the right place. But you have to experiment in which place to put it. <laughs> and every time you die, you don't respawn exactly where you died. You go back to the halfway point. So it's another, like, two minutes of fighting to even get back there. And, like, God forbid you don't remember, you know? <laughs> So it's pretty difficult. Now, if you download this on the 3DS, and you know, restore points should make this more bearable if you're a total pussy. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> that's what I've been doing with Mega Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I beat Mega Man 2 in 38 minutes on my NES without any restore points or dying once. I don't know if I can ever look you in the eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> At least not when you're talking about Mega Man, anyway. Yeah, Kevin's yeah. the real deal, folks. Yeah, I agree. So, another one of the things that makes this game so difficult, and this is actually kind of a criticism of the game, mm. is the on-screen size of Mega Man and the enemies on screen. Now, I mentioned earlier how the game looks as good as an NES game, but yeah. part of the reason of that is, like, the sprites are basically the same size, but when you're on a tiny, tiny screen like the original Game Boy had, oh. this is a really huge problem. Yeah, it makes it yeah. almost impossible for Mega Man to dodge attacks. And how I mentioned earlier, like there are no energy tanks in this game. You have to dodge all of those attacks. Like It <laughs> makes it really difficult. And furthermore, like to further compound this problem, Mega Man's energy meter is smaller than it is in the NES <laughs> game, so he can't even take as many hits. Wow. I guess in the 90s, they were just like, let's put out a video game and sell it to children, and then they will never beat it. I totally beat it. It was like, okay, here's a game that's, what, 30 bucks? I don't remember how much Game Boy games were at the time, but, you know, they didn't want people to beat them on the, the first day, so they just, instead of making these long games, they just made them extremely difficult. Exactly. And and when you couldn't use restore points, you know, this was a lot of replay value because you had to replay all of this stuff all the time. Yeah. And it didn't mind as much back then. I like yeah, like like I said, when I when I was twelve and playing this game, like Anchor used to give me all kinds of problems, but I would just play him until I beat him. This time I beat him on my first try. Like it, it wasn't even hard. Like I immediately and that's what Mega Man games are for boss fights, is largely pattern recognition. Yeah. And just, like, observing that and just figuring out their bag of tricks and just, you know, responding accordingly. And that's something that, like, that's why I'm bad at current video games, because a lot of it's, you know, online multiplayer and human beings aren't predictable. But now, like, you know, now that I play this, you know, Anchor was no problem for me. However, memorizing these disappearing block segments was torture. I gave it six tries and I was done. Like I was saying horrible things. <laughs> I wondered if there was how much cursing was going to be in your review, but you said you used up all your curse words just playing the game itself. <laughs> and just on and just on that one level, just on the <laughs> final level of the game, like I, I actually I breezed through this game um, up until the last level. Like, it, it, and that's one of the things that I really like about this game and every game in the Mega Man series is that when you know, it's 
you it's possible to play through the game kind of seat of your pants and just respond to things as they spawn and as they happen. But when but when you memorize how this game is going to go, you just you know you know where an enemy is going to appear. You jump up, you shoot, they die before they're even on screen. <laughs> like that's that's a thing of beauty for me, and that's what like I really yeah. love about this game and this series as a whole. So where would you rate it compared if if you could if you put this up against all the other Mega Man games, where would you put it? in terms of how much you enjoy it, how much, how good you think it is. Below any of the NES games. Any of them. C- keep in mind how many there are for the NES. Yeah, and I've played all of them. I've beaten all of them. Okay. Um, But I think that I don't like it as much as any of the NES games. Oh. And I, I, I just recently replayed Mega Man 6 on my NES the other night, and like even 6, which is widely regarded as the worst in the series, aside from Mega Man 7. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's regarded as the worst NES game, I should say. Right, okay. I liked Mega Man 6 better. Sure. Like, I just, I didn't have a problem with it. I would say that it's below any of the NES games, but it's towards the top of the Game Boy games. Okay. And that may just be because of the nostalgia factor, like, taking Mega Man on the go was pretty cool. It was, and I had never played Mega Man 1 until I bought the Mega Man Anniversary Collection for the GameCube, which came out in 2003. Uh-huh. So this was my first time fighting Elect Man or Cut Man or any of those Mega Man 1 Robot Masters. Wow. So it has nostalgia for me in that sense. Yeah. So, th- you know, that's cool about it. But that said, the frustrating factor is like the gigantic on-screen sprite size for everything that makes mm-hmm. it hard to dodge attacks mm-hmm. is pretty frustrating. Yeah, I can see that. And the lack of energy tanks makes it needlessly hard. Um, the fact that you can't observe the patterns of the disappearing blocks on some of those levels is, you know, annoying to me. Yeah. So that that's one of the reasons that I put it below the NES games, but still, you know, probably median for the Game Boy for the Game Boy games that I've played. Okay. Okay. Um, like I have Mega Man Three also for the Game Boy, and I I like Mega Man Doctor Wily's Revenge better. Okay. And, and and that's one of the things that I, I found to be the case with the Game Boy games was that the levels were always harder than the actual bosses themselves. Like they always had they always seemed to have some kind of devious puzzle involving disappearing blocks or something else that was just really hard to leverage the necessary skills for. Right. But aside I mean, I would give this game probably a three out of five. Okay. Which isn't to say that it's bad. It's just, you know, if, if for someone who is you know, not a hardcore, old-school gamer. Like, this is going to be a pretty frustrating experience. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know that... Like, if I hadn't played this back in 1990 when it originally came out, I don't know that I would have enjoyed it. I don't think the original Mega Man games have aged very well in terms of mechanics. Especially now in our um, our Halo days where people don't even have health bars anymore. You just duck behind a wall and recharge all your health. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your filthy mouth. I mean, every game is like that nowadays. And that's why we're raising a generation of freaking wimps. Uh, even Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, if you could find a stool, which, yeah, a, a stool, you could sit down on a stool, take a minute, and recharge your hearts. <laughs> I make stool every time I sit on the toilet. <laughs> So this this is the only Mega Man game on the eShop, uh, Game Boy Mega Man game on the eShop right now. I considered downloading it, but I don't know now. I'm not I'm not in the mood to. Yeah, it's an exercise in frustration. Exactly. If you don't have some degree of nostalgia for it, only slight. 
it's difficult for me to say what kind of experience you'll have with it because you've played Mega Man games before. Yeah. But this is by far more difficult than any of the NES experiences, with the exception of one. Mm. I think if you want to feel on par with Kevin, then you owe it to yourself to try. But otherwise, maybe <laughs> maybe let it slide. But let's be honest, who's as much of a man as I am when it comes to Mega Man games? I'm a <laughs> Mega Man. I downloaded Mega Man 2, and just because I wanted to feel like I got the most out of it, last time you were here, the, the time before, I made you play all the way through it just so I could see the entire game. Because <laughs> I knew it was never going to happen with me. I've been playing it on Wii U, but I'm not very good at it. Would it Would it make me an asshole if I told you that was in my opinion, the easiest game in the series? No, because I understand <laughs> that, by and large, that's what most people say about it. Okay. But, uh, okay, well, that's it, right? That's, do you have anything else to say about uh, Mega Man, Dr. Wily's Revenge for the original Game Boy? No, uh, that's, that's pretty much all of my thoughts on that game. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to the upcoming releases for August... I managed to include the Vita releases for this month, which I don't always do every month because I'm a jerk. But um, on August 6th, for your Vita, you can get Dragon's Crown, which is the controversial currently game by VanillaWare. It's controversial because the characters are very scantily clad, but um, it's hand-drawn animation. It's a beautiful game. It's just that ladies are aren't wearing a lot of clothes also that same day disney's planes comes out for the 3ds which if ever there was an argument for nintendo being a kiddie platform there it is the same day <laughs> dragon's crown on vita and disney's planes on 3ds um the day after that little acorns on vita and then the next week mario and luigi dream team comes out on august 11th for the 3ds two days later the uh amazing series rune factory 4 comes out august 13th for 3ds and then what is sure to bring about the apocalypse, Disney Infinity, on August 18th for 3DS, which is basically Skylanders, but it's using Disney characters from all their stuff. Mickey Mouse, Jack Sparrow, there's rumor of even Star Wars and Marvel characters being in this game. It's You're going to be buying action figures and playing this video game, and humanity might uh, die out because of it. I don't know. <laughs> Well, the exist the possibility of Marvel characters existing in that actually makes it a little interesting. It'll depend on how the games go. Even so, I, this is a disturbing, disturbing trend. There's a Pokemon game, Pokemon Rumble, coming out for the Wii U in August. That's the same stuff. You buy these little action figures, the Toys R Us or whatever, and then you can use them in the game. And basically, I've never played Skylanders. I've never played any of these games, but it seems like whoever has the most money wins. I don't know. So, question question for Emrys in this case okay is how many of these figures do you have pre-ordered <laughs> i uh for what? I, I have disney uh, or pokemon rumble the pokemon rumble of course i have no interest in buying a wii u let me put it that way okay but uh, i i don't think these skylanders toys are so much about whoever has the most money wins it's just that the each little figurine comes attached to content in the game so you like yeah. buy the figure and then you unlock new content. So it's sort of a doubly rewarding structure that is very good for horizontal and vertical integration. You want to get these kids buying as many different little tchotchkes as possible. Oh my gosh, if I was like eight right now, I would be just, ex my head would explode. Oh yeah. 
because I bought the action figures anyway when I was that age, and to be able to use scan the action figure, put it in the game, be able to use it, I'm, I would just have an eternal boner. <laughs> yeah, like, w- when when we were eight, it would have been a Ninja Turtles game like this, and we would have gone apeshit. I would have pulled oh, my head through the Jesus. <laughs> but only if somebody offered you money so that you could buy more figures. <laughs> yeah, there were figures on the other side <laughs> that you could get at with your teeth. Although these these figures are much they're much smaller and I don't believe they're they're articulate. I don't believe they move around or anything like that. They're basically statues. Yeah, no. They're not they're just little They're not articulate. No, like I I actually I I technically own one. What? Oh. What do you own? Tell me. The character is named Chill from Skylanders. One of my one of my friends has an 8-year-old son who bought me one for Christmas. Okay. Have you played the game with him? Um, Very briefly. (laughs) See, that's what's going to be the determining factor. If Pokemon Rumble, Disney Infinity, and every Skylanders game that comes out every year are good games, then then the toy manufacturers, man, they're just going to make bank. Well, I think they only have to be good enough for a certain demographic. Like, Mario Party quality would pretty much seal the deal, I think. Yeah. Oh, I hate Mario Party. First one was great, but after that, it was just like, oh. Well, you know, everyone's a winner. <laughs> no, not everyone's a winner, but I was <laughs> winning, and I rage quit anyway. Yeah, not everyone's a winner. Some <laughs> of us just get blisters for nothing. <laughs> Why are you getting blisters playing Mario Party? That just you're not, you're not having the right attitude. You have to spin the N64 controller until you're <laughs> bleeding. Well, yeah, I mean, you're just holding the N64 was was a recipe for blisters, I suppose. Looking at any N64 game was a recipe for blindness. Here we go again. (laughs) Two episodes in a row. Do you know, okay, do you know that I went online after we recorded, like, trying to find, like, PlayStation 1 versus N64 videos just so I could, like, be right? I think the PlayStation is still better looking. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing on the PlayStation looking better. I'm not having this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I still hold that Final Fantasy VII, you cannot tell what's going on. You cannot figure out what the hell you're supposed to do at some points. No, it's no. So anyway, we don't need to have that argument two episodes in a row. So next month's episode comes out September 1st. Uh, Emrys is reviewing Ping. Tell us about Ping, Emrys. Well, um, one of our Twitter followers is a developer of the Android game, Ping, which has something to do with Pong. I'm not sure what, specifically, because I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm excited to try it because he's a Twitter follower, and he's he interacts with us uh, about a lot of um, Animal Crossing stuff. Which the Animal Crossing has actually been a big boon to our our Twitter uh, sort of presence, I think. <laughs> so that's cool. And, yeah. um, so I'm going to review his game since he's he's been good to us. Awesome. The lesson to learn here is that if you follow us on Twitter, we will review your game on the show. That's yeah. true. Oh I yeah. I do anything. Next episode, um, I said I was going to do it this episode, but. Um, my iPhone, I dropped it, and so it's terribly destroyed, and there are parts of the screen that aren't super responsive. Um, I played a little bit of this game, but um, Jeff from the Popular Outcasts and Jeff in Motion and Popular Outcasts Gaming requested a review Icebreaker, Ice, 
Icebreaker, a Viking voyage, um, the new game from the Rovio people. It's like a subset of them, but they did the Angry Birds and stuff. And I played a little bit, but then I dropped my phone, and there are parts of the screen that just go wonky. So I wanted to give it a, a full playthrough before I really review it. That'll be next episode because um, I get a new iPhone in August, so I'll be able to review it. Um, I'll also be reviewing um, for our portable pass the Game Gear game Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble. Um, I owned it when I was younger. I'm going to be downloading the virtual console version because I don't own my Game Gear any longer. And then, Kevin, I guess you're reviewing Mario and Luigi Dream Team for 3DS? Is that set in stone? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It seems like a pretty good... I, I enjoyed the... I've only played the first Mario and Luigi RPG game, and it was hilarious because of all the Luigi jokes being just the lesser brother and just inferior to Mario in every way, but it's, it's, it's apparently a very solid series, so I, I, I'm looking forward to your review. Well, that's the last game I played in the series, too. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't play Bowser's Inside Story, given your love of Bowser. I, I do love Bowser. I just... <laughs> Funny you mention it, just last week I went to Target, and I was buying whatever. We, we needed a few things, and I found a um, another uh, Bowser figure I didn't have, so I bought that for $8 or whatever, and added to <laughs> It's quote-unquote my son's Mario collection, <laughs> but it's mine. <laughs> That's the best thing about having a kid, isn't it? Yeah, he's got a lot of awesome crap. In his room, like he's got, um, <laughs> he's got most of my Club Nintendo rewards. Which did you redeem yours this month? It just came out. No, I, you know, like every game that I have reviewed for this show, I haven't even punched my codes in yet to Ooh. my account. Oh. I know, I know. The platinum know. rewards were this this year were a little disappointing. I ended up going with the Majora's Mask soundtrack, which is awesome, but I still. I like knickknacks. I like Nintendo knickknacks that I can put in, in my son's room. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I, that was what I thought, too. Like, I looked at the Platinum Rewards, and I was like, you know, I didn't realize that, like, the deadline was already passed to get your points in. June 30th, every year. I, I, I haven't been doing this for that long. Like, I didn't realize that, like, Club Nintendo was actually worthwhile until recently. I've done right. it every single year since this existed. The only year I didn't get platinum was the year they released the like Mario Brothers statue that had like Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, Bowser, and like all this stuff. Only year I didn't get platinum was so the, the best awesome year. reward. Yes, <laughs> that year I got a calendar. <laughs> this year yeah. the platinum rewards were either a poster set, which I didn't even look at because I'm not going to put posters up in my house. I'm in my 30s, and then um, the Majora's Mask soundtrack. Or you can download a bunch of games if you want. Yeah, well, th this year, like, you know, I saw it pop up in my Facebook because, cause, you know, I I've liked Nintendo on my Facebook. I saw it pop yeah. up. I was like, oh, these are your platinum rewards. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot to put those points in. <laughs> and then I looked at the rewards. I was like, well, yeah, I guess it's not that terrible. Not the end of the world. You can get, like, you can get platinum for next year right off the bat. Uh, yeah. yeah, and maybe maybe it'll be good. Fingers <laughs> So yeah, um, let's close this out. Um, we have a website. It's portablepower.popularoutcasts.com. Go there if you want. Or you can check us out on Twitter, which Emrys is the main man for Twitter. It's at portablepowerfm. Um, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash portablepowerpodcast. And then email us and uh, 
inexplicablepower at gmail.com. False. Wrong. Did I get that wrong? <laughs> yeah, you did. Portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com. I wrote that down wrong. Thank Bummer. you. Have, have we gotten a single email yet? We have not. That's disappointing. <laughs> email us, even if it's just like inane chatter. We're yeah. lonely. We're bored. And get on Twitter because there's always a party happening in my Twitter feed. By which I mean sometimes I post. <laughs> <laughs> or you could get on our Facebook page and talk with Emerson and I about Pokemon Bones. Oh, yeah. Share pictures. That's ideal. Yeah. Just interact with us. We're not, we're, not, we're not trying to make money. We're not trying to be, like, the coolest podcast ever. We just want to interact with people and share our love for stupid, frivolous things. We just wish we had friends. <laughs> <laughs> because the three of us being friends isn't good enough. Well, it's a start. Well, you're only, it's only a great friendship if other people validate it. That's, that's true. All right. I'm crumbling up my notes. I am deleting mine because they're all digital. All right. You can all go to hell. We'll see you next month. thank you and good night Oh, you're on? Okay.